Facts of Faith on SAFM. Good morning, welcome. You're listening to Facts of Faith. I'm Nayel Lupondwana. We are together until 11 o'clock, so please get your phones ready and start dialing if you're one of those people who would like to join in the conversation. I'm sure you'll catch on as we continue the program. Today we're talking about a subject that has been challenged many our times on this very program, the subject of Bible versions and Bible translations. Because we have versions and translations, people claim you can't have versions and translations of the truth. The truth is one, there is no version of the truth that should differ from another. One truth is just that. One truth. If it is not one truth, then you can have versions. Even if we're looking at the same thing, our different perspectives differ from looking at the same thing, but still, you must be able to to define and explain the same thing. You cannot be looking at the same thing and define two or three or four, in our case, thousands of different things. So we ask the question, why? Why are there many versions and translations of the Bible? And possibly, one should be correct, or is it the case? Which one do we believe as more authentic as the other? Now, when you listen to people who are faith, as they speak about these, and they're trying to be as controversial and antagonistic, they say, this version is bad, this version is better, the King James is the supreme and royal and thetic, and the NIV it has errors, as though there's a version that doesn't have errors. So we're going to find out from our guests this morning why we have these different translations and versions and paraphrases, and now of late we have the African one. Almost to say, we have made Jesus African now. I don't know. We're going to find out. I'm going to introduce you to our guests when we come back, but please, take note. We need to begin our conversation from the very onset. If you'd like to join in the conversation, don't wait for the rabbi and the pastor and the bishop to start talking. Join in, because we most importantly would love to hear what you have to say They know what they want to say, and probably their congregants know what they say, but most importantly, we'd like to hear what you have to say. All right, so, a question again. Why are there many Bible translations and Bible versions? And if so, which one is true? Facts of Faith begins right now. You're listening to Facts of Faith on SAFM. The views and ideas expressed in this program are views expressly of the people sharing them and not of the anchor or of that of this broadcaster. All persons, juristic or natural, are to be held responsible for their own representations offered on this program by their agents and not this corporation. Any and all consumption of our conversational substance is entirely at your own discretion. Please be advised that this program airs subject matter that has the potential to destabilize and challenge your intellectual equilibrium. If you are excitable, profound caution when consuming our subject matter is advised. Participation in this program is a voluntary enterprise and as such is expected to be considered and deliberated on. Kindly note that, just as the anchor is, all participants, guests and callers are encouraged to engage in this our freedom of expression and any of our civil liberties responsibly. Facts of Faith begins right now. Let me introduce you to our guest for this morning. We do have Rabbi David Nossel. Rabbi, do you, 
Okay, we don't have the rabbi on the phone yet, but he'll be joining us on the phone. He is a rabbi, a rabbi and qualified medical doctor. He'll be giving us some perspective from the Jewish perspective, the original perspective. There were Jews before there were Christians. Yeah, yeah. And then we have in the studio, and this is what pleases me most, the two gentlemen in the studio, Father Russell Pollitt. Yes, Father Russell Pollitt is the director of the Jesuit Institute. Good morning to you, Father, and thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us. Good morning, thank you. Also, we do have uh, one of our, well, members of the family by now, um, uh, Bishop Joshua Maponga. He's a cultural activist. He is an author. How many books have you written so far? I've lost count. Yeah, I've lost count myself. Fighter of spiritual colonialism. And he is of late a presenter of his own TV show. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank yes, you. Thank yes, you. yes. I will not tell you which channel, of course, because it's not an SABC channel, but he's there. He is... Uh, Plowing his seed there. All right, we're going to begin, gentlemen, by talking about the difference, first and foremost, between a translation and a version. Let's begin with you, Father. What's the difference between a translation and a version? Well, versions of the Bible, and as far as I understand, normally reflect a specific translation. So if you have uh, an American translation of the Bible, there are various versions of that uh, translation. So the New American Bible, the St. Joseph's Bible, and things like that. Explain what in the substance of the message would be different. Well, the substance of the message would be the same, but sometimes the way words are used are different. Depending on whoever translated that version, uh, you know, that substance would remain the same. But the version itself would try to pick up on specific things related to a specific culture at a, at a specific time. So, for example, let me give um, the, the translation in English of the Revised Standard Version there is a second version of that called the New Revised Standard Version, yeah. uh, which in the Revised Standard Version, the language, people would say, is pretty uh, sexist. It talks about men. Uh, it doesn't talk about people. The Revised Standard Version, the message remains the same, but they've tweaked things. So, for example, it no longer talks about all men, but all people. And, and, and does it not change the whole setting of the original author? You see, this is a very controversial uh, topic to speak about because if you look at what the original person wanted, yes. we're not always quite sure. I mean, a lot of these books were written thousands of years ago. Yes. They were culturally bound. They were from a specific perspective. Exactly. So what happens is when people are looking at... Uh, at things now, we have a deeper understanding uh, sometimes of, of, of uh, the language itself. We have um, a deeper understanding of the culture. And there have been... A deeper understanding of the culture better than the people who lived in it? No, no, I'm not saying it's better, but we have a deeper understanding. Because how can it be deep? I, how I, can I, a person understand the culture of the year 2017 better than them leaving then in the year no, I'm, of I'm 2050? Not say, I'm not saying we have a better understanding of their culture, Yes, but we have more knowledge. So, for example, archaeological digs. Yes. So, as our knowledge expands archaeologically, yes. we can somehow understand those texts better because we have a better understanding of their world. Let's chew on the example that you gave. You say, today we say people as opposed to men, correct? 
Yes. And in, 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 a, in a version, right? I understand. I understand. Yeah. I was just going to use it as an example. Okay. We're not going to pin you down to that. We're just trying to chew on the example. Um, many theologians would say the purpose of using the word men is exactly sexist because the community at the time was very sexist to the point that they only counted men and not women and that's why they said men just giving an example yeah. so why would you change that and say people because it changes it contaminates the whole count if you're going to be saying 5,000 men were fed by Jesus at the time it counts 5,000 men it doesn't count the children that were there it doesn't count the women could be two women or three women to one man it doesn't count those but those people were fed also it's 5,000 plus children plus the women, then why would you say people? Because when you say 5,000 people, you're excluding the other people that were counted then. The scriptures were written in a patriarchal society. Indeed. Absolutely true. And we have the text that you've chosen, for example, where we are told in the text 5,000 men. That yes. doesn't count women and children. Correct. I'm not suggesting, for example, that they change that word men into okay. people. You see, that's the thing. It's not that they say they've taken in that revised standard version, new revised standard version, and changed everywhere where it says uh, okay. uh, men to well, people. Okay. come back. When we come back, I'm going to give you an opportunity to give us an example where it does say that. Because we need to understand exactly what you're talking about when we say it's a version of a translation or a translation of a version. We need to understand exactly what you're saying by that. When we come back, we'll give an opportunity to talk about just that. Great. Facts of Faith on SAFM. Bishop, the difference between a translation and a version. What, what is actually interesting is that language is dynamic by nature. And uh, we, we must look carefully that in the midst of translations, there's a famous English proverb that says lost in translation. Because while you're translating things, you can't translate the depth of culture. You can't translate rhymes. You can't translate um, idiomatic, poetic, expression. idiomatic expression. You're trying to translate the, the thought. For example, you're coming to a person who lives in Tuba uh, Mtuba um, and say your sins will be as white as snow, for crying out loud. The person has never seen snow in any way. How do you now begin to move the same sense, the, the same uh, linguistic uh, expression without spoiling the text itself. Yes. So I, I tend to find that um, depending on the civility of every community where the Bible has found itself, the people, particularly the religious leaders of that environment, they take the onus upon themselves to say, let us try and um, contextualize the text to ourselves. I'm looking at the Gutenbergs, the Martin, the Martin Luthers, when they did the first one of the first German translations away from the English, it was like a challenge. Initially, the Bible was, was, was Catholic, in, in the most holy translation was the Latin translation, and it was locked on the pulpit. Members would just sit around, and uh, educated men would read the text to them. So that was from the Greek, the LXX, the Septuagint, the Greek translation, the Hebrew translations. They made themselves in the Italian language, where the, the, the greater uh, pop and Roman institution was working from. So Latin almost became the first official you know, language, and from there, then they move up to the Germans, and etc. And, and I think while people are doing that, the danger is to have translations in the hands of the non-academicians. And I want to use that very selectively. I'm aware that it, it, we cannot take religion as, as, an, as an academic expression. But then you take the text and give them to people who have no appreciation of the Hebrew text. They have no appreciation of the understanding of the Hebrew culture. They have no understanding of the, of the context in which the text is given. And all they're interested in is just to change, change you know, to move a word from... <laughs> Then you have translations, you have transliterations. You, so it, it's, a, it's a whole, it's a whole, it's a whole uh, endeavor 
to say how do we contextualize, how do we indigenize, how do we enculturate the text itself so that it can speak our language, it can it can sing our songs, and we can identify with the text itself. All right. Rabbi, a different, oh, by the way, the rabbi has finally joined us. Good morning to you, Rabbi, and thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us. Always a privilege and pleasure, Naya. Thank you. All right. Uh, your understanding of the difference between a, a, a translation and a version? I would guess, I would say that uh, a version is, um, refers to the original, and the translation refers to a subsequent adaptation or explanation or addition or expansion of the original. All right. So the NIV, for example, the New International Version, is the original? The, um, they, they portray it as such, but it cannot be the original from our perspective, I think there's no disagreement on that, is in Hebrew. Okay. So all the English uh, Bibles are not versions. They are translations. By definition. By definition. I like that. All right. The lines are open. 0891 uh, Father, I'm going to give you the opportunity, I promised you, to give us an example of what you were talking about. Okay. So a good example would be Matthew's Gospel, Chapter 4. Okay. Where we have... Jesus saying, I will make you fishers of men. Yes. Now, some scholars are arguing that Jesus was not just talking about going out to get specifically men and convert yes. men. Just like he did. Just like he got men. Yeah, yeah. But, but they're saying he didn't go out just to convert men. And the rest of the gospel attain to this, that there are also women that are converted. But rather, that pertains to human beings. That pertains to people yeah. rather than simply just men. Okay. Uh, in the sense that we would understand men okay. from a gender perspective. All right. And why would they... Those who are translating, because um, uh, the, the, the rabbi is suggesting that the original is Hebrew, and in the case of Jesus, Aramaic. Uh, so English is, by definition, a version, no, no, a translation, yeah, yeah. and not a version. So, so and, uh, and, and English, and English was not always translated from the original either. So, for example, the Jerusalem Bible, which yes. was used by the Catholic Church for yes, a long time, yes. was a translation from the French. So the French used the Hebrew and the and the and the Greek yes. into French, and then the the Jerusalem Bible was translated from French into English. Yes. So they didn't go back to the original source. And then the King James, sixteen eleven. Yeah, I'm not sure where that was translated from exactly. Yes. Uh, w- w- which 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 it followed through. We don't use the King James version. And, and but but you see, the, the problem is, and I think uh, the bishop pointed to that as well. You, you've got two ways of translating. You've got a literal translation, which yes. doesn't work. And he gave that wonderful example of, of you know, your, your white snow. snow. Yes. yes. You know, I mean, that's not going to work in an African context where you don't yes. have snow. On the other hand... Except for times like these when we have snow now, because we have snow now, especially in South Africa, we have snow falling in the KZN in the Eastern Cape, so perhaps... So, so maybe in the future we'll go back to using that expression. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. But, and the other way is what we call dynamic equivalence, where what happens is, the text is translated, they try to be as faithful to the original as they can, but they use, exactly as he points to, things that would make sense in our culture now to give it meaning and understanding. Okay. All right. We're going to take a break and come back. I'd like you to take your calls now. I'd like to hear some opinions from South Africa, from you, in your living room, in your car, wherever you are. I'd like to hear from you. Uh, the question I'd like us to answer now when we come back, all of you gentlemen, is then which one is correct?
Because you hear many, I've, I've heard the bishop saying that, I've, I've, I've heard many people calling in saying, this one is incorrect, that one is correct, this one has more errors, this one has no errors, and so forth. So, if we have these translations and versions, which should people rely on? Especially the English speakers, because very few of us speak Hebrew. I don't know of anyone who speaks Aramaic, uh, or Greek for that matter. Perhaps the Greek could could could, could speak better than we but for those of us who speak only English and then we have it's a cost like a translation uh, which one do we rely on which is more more authentic than the other which one is true and the rest are correct facts of faith on SAFM our number is dial 891 The lines are open. And also for those of you who'd like to send some text messages, 40938-40938. You can find us on social media, hashtag Facts of Faith, and you can find us there on at SFM Radio. Which one is more correct? Which one is authentic, Bishop? Yeah, that's a, that's a tricky, that's a rather tricky, very tricky question. Because as we, as we are very aware that... Um, each community, each uh, religious circle has to find the best way of interpreting and translating the ethos of the text itself to fit within the environment in which they're living. We will be superimposing ourselves and making one culture superior to another by saying this is better than this. This is better. The most original text for me, like in all honesty, find the original text, the Dead Sea Scrolls, find the Hebrew text, find the Ethiopian Bible, find the older it is, the better it is. But the moment you begin to say, let me move this text too, you're bound, it's, it's a fact, you're bound to lose both texture, thought, culture, and everything else, because words by nature are, are deconstructed. If right now I say, let's explain him, all the words we're going to be using to explain him are not him. We're going to be saying, he, he looks like this, he looks like that, he looks like that. At the end of the day, the composite issue that you're discussing is lost in the midst of many words. So the question of which translation will be the best, the best translation for me is when you read the text, how it reaches your heart. That communication with divinity, that spiritual connection, that's where truth is. But as to whether words can be expressed better like this, like that, of course, there are lots of other, which I might call newspaper translations, where is a translation of a translation of a translation. Someone picks up a KJV to write the Tosa Bible, someone does not like your Tosa, I must write another one using the other. It's, it, it has been a vicious cycle, but I don't want to fight that. That's how dynamic culture, language is. Which is the best translation? The original it will be the best. And anyone who is faithful enough to walk in there, and try and represent that language without contaminating it, would be the closest to the truth. Unfortunately, many theologians already come on the space of translation with a bias towards their religious inclination. You are Episcopal, you are Baptist, you are Adventist, and etc. Wherever it talks rest, you want to put Sabbath, you want to put etc. In the way of a Sunday keeper, wherever it says, and they went to church, you want to put Sunday. You, you cannot undermine the, the human being trying to impose himself on a silent text. So, which will be the best? I don't know which will be the best, to be honest with you. But, but, but what you're saying, is the subtext there is the King James, if you're going to say the oldest, 
the oldest is the King James, isn't it? Which was from the Vulgate, which was from the Latin, yes. which was from the... Vulgate from the was not English. We're talking about English. It was Latin, yes. So yeah. it, 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 Latin it, it, is not English also. We're talking about English. The oldest English one, oldest English one by your definition, yeah. is the 16, 1611. But even then, the 1611 version is not is not coming directly from the from the, from the Hebraic text. It's a transliteration of the Hebrew, a little bit of the of the Latin to come up a with... A little bit the, of the French. Fr and, and, yes. And, and, the, and English was still a primitive language. <laughs> By then, with a lot of dust, thou sayest, what, yes. what. and some people reading it now in 2017 are saying, I no longer understand this dust, thou yes. goest, thou comest. Can we remove yes. all the yes. and, and, and yes. let's have the language? Yes. So, there you go again, the dynamics of language moving forward. Yes. So, truthfulness will be originality of language. Rabbi, which one is the most correct? Most correct version or most correct translation? Translation, because... But I want both. I want both, version and translation. <laughs> <laughs> He's already said Hebrew is the correct version. The translation, Rabbi. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I understand that um, God, when he gave the version, when he gave the original, he commissioned mankind, humankind, let's, let's correct that, humankind to be partners with him in interpreting, in translating that original. And which is the most correct or the most um, accurate is the most virtuous. And so to the degree to which the, tr the, the, the original is explained and um, expanded and uh, um, translated into virtue, kindness, caring, that I understand to be the best translation. But if you're speaking from a position of knowledge, you have to know which one is authentic, and then you can say this one comes closer to, come closest to the truth. But for people like me who are still seeking information, and we can only seek information from the English that I can read, because I cannot read your Latin, your German, your Hebrew, and your Aramaic, your Greek, I can only read English. How do I know that this one comes close and this one does not? Look at the publisher, look at the translator, look at the people who espouse that. Are they good people? Are they virtuous people? Are they people you want to identify with? Are they your translators that you want to join their particular uh, way of understanding the original? Okay, so we must look at, for example, I'll give an example, the famous example of the King James. We must look at the times, his reign, and how he commissioned the Bible to be translated in English, his own ethos, his own understanding, and his purpose for commissioning uh, the, 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 the writing of the Bible. Is that what you're saying? That, that I must align myself to him, and God knows there were many things, atrocities, perpetuated by his excellence, the King, King James. Unfortunately. So, which one is correct? The, because he... he, he. The, 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 the people who are the kindest and the most virtuous, their translation is the most accurate. Ah, okay. We've got to chew a bit on that. I want to open the lines. The lines are open. 0891-104-207-0891. If you're a pastor out there, if you're an elder or deacon, if you teach or preach or even read a student of the Bible like myself, I'm neither, I'm just a student of the Bible and the Quran and the Torah and all these books. 
Which one do you rely on? When you teach your family, when you read, when you study, if you're a student and you're writing your theses and you take uh, scripture from uh, the Christian Bible, which one do you rely on as most authentic and reliable? 0891-104-207. 0891-104-207. I'd love to hear from you. 0891-104-207. Find us on uh, Facebook, Nayelo Pondona Live, on Twitter, at SFM Radio, hashtag Facts of Faith, and those of you who are in text, you'd like to send an SMS, a short message, you can send it to 40938-40938. I'd love to hear from you. Which one is more true? Which one is correct? If all the versions are just that, or if all the translations are just that, which one is correct and true? 891 So I'd like to hear from you. So, Rabbi, you're saying I must associate myself with those whomever I think are virtuous, are kind and true, surely you can't expect me, who is here in South Africa, to know the publishing house in, for example, the United States, or as many of us here in Johannesburg cannot know what's happening in Cape Town for that publishing house. So how do I know whether these people are virtuous, true or kind? Much the publishing house, it's the translator. And so one has to find out what is his purpose, maybe read the forward. What does he look for when he translates? What is it that's moving him to translate the Hebrew of B'nai Yisrael to the children of Israel or to the people of Israel? Okay, all right. Six of calls, George. Uh, no, no, it's Owen in George. Good morning, Owen. Hi, hello. Good morning to you. Good morning, Owen. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Catholic, okay. so how I make a decision to use what Bible I use. Yes. I look at the, at the beginning of the Bible. The, there's a, there's a page which will give you a word there, premature, prim, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not certain about the, the, the correct, um, preface, preface, pre, yeah. premature or something like that. And then it will give you the authority, right? Of, of which, uh, authority in the, in the Catholic Church. Um, gives authority to to that um, translation or version. It will either give a, a bishop or an archbishop's name or something like that, and that's how I I I, I choose a, a Bible. And so, which one uh, have you chosen, Owen? I, I I used to use the Jerusalem Bible, but now uh, we are I use now what we call the the African Bible. It's a it's a it's a it's a Bible which is very similar to the it's very recent uh, America, American uh, version. It, the, the African Bible was published this year, wasn't it, Owen? No, it was. The, the, the first version was published about uh, eight years ago. Okay, all right. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, the, other, the, other, the other issue about the Bible, the Catholic Bible, it has more books here. Obviously, it has more books than uh, the Protestant Bible says, okay. in the Old Testament. Okay, you're referring to the Maccabees and so forth. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Owen. I appreciate your call. Uh, Yes, Father? What Owen is talking about there is called the the African Bible. It's a Catholic edition of the New American Bible. So the actual translation is the New American Bible. But what they did was they used African scripture scholars to write the commentary on the text. They put a cover on it, and they've called it the African Bible. So the actual translation there is the New American Bible. Yes, but the commentary on the text, the reflections on the text, are all done by African scholars. Oh, so it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a commentary more simple. Okay, let's go to Johnson. Isn't welcome. I don't mind a copy of that. I, I, I do. Like yes, Johnson, go ahead. 
Hello, good morning, Mayor. Thank you very much for the very, very honest discussion there. Um, I, I, I take it that the, the Bible at the time of Jesus Christ was the, actually the Old Testament, and that the New Testament was as a result of Jesus Christ's life and the, and, and the birth of the church, and therefore the original text as from God is really actually the Old Testament. When Jesus says, obey the laws, you are talking about the test. New but, Old but, but Testament. When you say Old Testament, are you referring to the Old Testament as we have it today? Because there are some texts <laughs> that are not in the Bible today, like what Owen okay, was yeah. talking about. We've got the book yeah. of Maccabees and so forth. The books, yeah. many, the many other books that are not in, in the current right. text. Are you referring to the current right. text or the older text? Uh, yeah, that's my, you, you take me to my main point. Is that uh, those various versions, when I, when, when a child grows up and eventually finds that he's reading the Bible, is not from nowhere. They are usually introduced to the Bible based on some, some factors. Uh, if anybody, say, met the Bible for the first time and no one introduced them to them, say, on the basis of faith, on the basis of their belief, then I guess there is already a contamination. And if, Say, one, you yourself go to the Bible. The first time no one talked to you about, you, you might not even reason out, is this the correct uh, translation? Uh, you know, you will not have any, any questions. So we come from a perspective already by the time we get introduced to the Bible. To the extent that if any a translation or, yeah, a translation comes, which benefits only a group, for example, the Jerusalem Bible uh, or the New American Version, if it is to, to mean for them to benefit for, for their own purposes, then I think that is a wrong, a, a wrong translation already because <laughs> it is now biased towards them. I personally feel that uh, it doesn't really matter which version it is because the Bible says, uh, as it is written, it doesn't contradict itself the, 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 so that one aspect should be able to be corrected by another part of the Bible. And so because it was the same God speaking, so if one gets rather confused, you should be able to cross-reference with another one. To that extent, it, it, w- it is easy for me to say that I don't really take any reason why, which, which one is the correct one or which one, because I come from the aspect, co- the, the, the angle of faith, and therefore I will need to know which is the, what is correct being said. Uh, you're talking about where this man on Hold on, you're leaving me behind, Johnson. So exactly what is your point there? Are you therefore saying we don't have an actual correct text? I think we have an actual correct text. Which is what? And I think that the, 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 the rabbi did put uh, allude to that. And I think I will, I will, I will tend to believe with him because that's the original one. That everything the manuscript. Which one do you one? think is most correct there, Owen? Uh, Johnson? <laughs> I, I no. I, personally, I read the King James version. King James version. That is okay. okay. Yes. All right. Thank you very much, Johnson. Appreciate your call. Let's go to Mladis. Good morning, Mladis. Mladis. Good morning. Yeah, yeah, Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Go ahead, sir. Yeah. You 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 ask which is the correct version? Right? Yes. Translation. Yeah, as, translation. Actually, the correct vision. Translation. Translation. English. Not the version. The revelation was revealed with that the language that in which the revelation was revealed with. Okay, so if it was. Yeah, take for instance the, the Hebrew. Actually, yes. uh, this translation they came after some years. 
Yes. And in the last time, the translation that was why all those were for King James, Augustine, uh, Martin Luther, you know, 15th century, 16th century. Yes. There were a group of churches who gathered there together when they were combining a Bible. So there were, uh, there were certain texts that were corrupted, and there were certain verses of that scripture which were deleted, and they also had their own understanding within there. That's why you find that there is a contradiction within the Bible itself. You see? So, these other translations that Chaucer, as we have mentioned, Greeks and Latin and so forth, you know, it just took out the taste of that original language. Umtamu, umtamu. And ever? Umtamu, umtamu. Yeah, for instance, umbe non You can't translate it in English. Internet hunger. Yeah. You cannot say, Martin Olim. So, they tried to explain in their own understanding, yeah. which was tempering with the scripture itself, you see. All right. Take so, for instance, you see the Muslims, how they do. Yes. You have to go and learn Arabic in order for you to understand and interpret the Surprise, the surprise, they have their own transliteration, by the way. I, ha- I own a copy of a translation of the Quran, I, so it's I, not I, only Arabic. <laughs> Yeah, that one is just to explain. Actually, if you can ask the Sheikh regarding that translation, English or Sizzle, yes. they will tell you they are trying, it's next to there, but it's not authentic, it's not original. Indeed, indeed. They are indeed. trying to explain to someone to, in order to understand. Appreciate your call, is Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Let's go to some text messages for those of you who have sent your text messages to our SMS line, 40938, 40938. One text message reads, The King James Version was not necessarily translated by the King himself. Duh. It was simply named so in honor of him as the king of that time that Sandam Dalu Well, thank you very much, Sianda. Uh, another one says, different versions doesn't mean a different truth. The earliest English translation is the King James Version. It is filled with words like thine shineth, lighteth. Cometh, etc. No one speaks like that these days. A different version is therefore sought to reach the modern person without tampering with the truth where we are trying to convey. The truth does not change with the changing times, but the language does. Isn't that wonderful? That's Sandamda again. You see, another one says, How can the Bible be authentic whether in translation or version? While in Council of Nicaea, 325 CE, pagan emperor Constantine chose or chose what's to be written, Abu Bakr Zambi. Is that correct there, Abu Bakr, or are you trafficking in lies? Well, we have all the information. Perhaps we might just invite you to come and talk to us about how the emperor was part of the council. Yes, he commissioned it. But was he part of the council when he invited the bishops? And was he? But hey, we'll have the gentleman in the studio and on the line give us some insight there. Thank you very much, Abu Bakar. Another one says, simply very simple, Nye, to control the very naive and ignorant. Look at Jehovah's Witnesses, for example, who say they are the truth and that they have the only interpretation of the Bible. Don't celebrate Christmas. Don't celebrate birthdays. Don't donate or take blood. And this is found nowhere in the Bible. Only hypo- 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 hypothesizing 
and speculating about the true version of the Bible. If you are one of them that can let you die like a dog in hospital if you needed blood and the doctors couldn't administer it because of believing in their false biblical version about blood transfusion, I know of about three seven Adventists, I'm assuming it's supposed to be Seventh-day Adventists, who ended up in a mental home for trying to follow step by step by biblical version of the seven Adventist, again seventh day Adventist, the Bible and its false versions to control people. Ne? That's Jack and Alberton. Jack, please clarify your point there. What are you referring to? Especially with those, uh, uh, uh Jehovah's Witnesses. And you, you gave examples there that I'd like you to be at least more, more clear. Alright, another one says, uh, direct translation from the original text like the King James Version and the 1933 Afghan rendering are accurate. Really? Okay. Translations with theologians want us to understand the Bible the way the, the, they see it. Corresponding with the political flavor of the day. Wow. Okay. Uh, therefore, rejectable. That's Ben. Interesting point there. Ben, that bishops wrote to uh, assimilate and be conformed to the standards of the political favor of the day. Very nice. Interesting point there. Gentlemen, I'd love to hear your points, your view from this uh, text messages. Another one says, different versions are there to collect money. As is the religion itself in a money-making movement. T.M. Mazala. <laughs> okay, T.M. Mazala. Coming on a different tangent. Another one says, though there are many different versions of the Bible, the truth remains the same in all of them. Is that so? What these versions say is uh, succinctly the same in all of them. No different truths. The purpose of having different versions is for the truth to reach as many people as possible. That's Siandam Dalasisik. Okay, Sianda. Another one says the King James Version is the best. Forget about the rest. It's nice alliteration there, Sonny. Sonny Bloomfontein. Bishop, I see you shaking your head there. Would you like to respond I'm, first? I'm, when you say translations don't matter, I think you're missing very fundamental issues. Yes. And again, when you say the, the translation must always, word for word, adapt the environment in which it is going, you're pushing it way off. I'll bring two political issues without necessarily kicking dust on them. But just to show you that you could, we could agree on the left, but totally uh, upset what is on the right. We have the women's movement and the whole feminine concept of the Bible. Remove God from being masculine, let's make him feminine, and etc. Then you translate all that. The question is that will that translate speak to everybody? The answer is you are abusing other people while you are inserting your own right. There's number two, the issue of gay and lesbian and uh, same-sex marriages. People have, some have walked into the text again and they said, let's remove all sense of male and female. Let's make this book just an, 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 R, an R book. <laughs> it will not condemn left, it will not condemn right. And there are others who say, let's make it totally biased towards ourselves. There are gay Bibles that are now there, and etc. Uh, and you look at that and say, are we not are we not pushing this thing too too far? Is this going to be used as a moral standard to assist us to become better? Or the word has now become one of us, so there's nothing to improve on it. Literally, then you begin to say, in as much as there is tolerance in terms of translations, but are we now not imposing ourselves, imposing our characters, imposing our, 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 our you know, interpretations? But isn't that what you said should be happening in terms of the evolution of culture there, Bishop? Because you did say that uh, since no one, not everyone experiences snow, therefore 
or you must adapt it to the people who can understand the theory without understanding snow. You seem to be confident. I'm, I'm, I'm I was giving you a definition. Yes. This is why translation. I understand. I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not authorizing people to do that. But yes. in the midst of doing that, I think there should be a difference between theological value, yes. valuable information, and frivolous, um, sinful mi- mischief over the text itself to begin to tamper with the very, very core issues of the text itself. Father, when people write these translations and these versions, all of them, oh, we assume, we're hoping that they have a, a measure of integrity. I'm noticing that there are some people who are saying because they were influenced by the politicians of the day and they're citing the Council of Nicaea, which was commissioned by Constantine, Emperor Constantine, implying that it always has to conform to the standards of politicians of the time who are financing the movement of these bishops from the south to the north and so forth. Uh, your take there? People don't, uh, translators, People of faith don't live in a vacuum, and I think we need to be very aware of that. They live within a certain time, a certain culture, and of course they're going to be impacted and influenced by that culture and that time. So yes, I mean, we cannot deny the fact that, you know, over the centuries there has been political uh, kind of influence on the writing of these sacred texts. Which contaminates the purity of the text, isn't Well, it? you see, it depends on what you understand by the Bible. I was just thinking about that now. Yeah. When we talk about the Bible, if we're thinking the Bible is uh, the word of God that was given to, to people in a certain language, written word for word, and that's what it is, that's problematic. You know, what is the Bible? The Bible is a collection of books that explains or tells the story of a people and their relationship with God and the ups and downs of that relationship. The Bible contains narrative. It contains historical fact. At times there's there's myth that is used to try and uh, kind of transmit a a truth. Wow. So so we have to be very careful about... For example... So, you know, scholars would argue about Genesis. Did creation actually happen? you know, in those seven days as it is written in the text? And or believe? is that an explanation? Is that, a, is that a literal explanation? Or is that a people trying to grapple with the truth? So that's what you're calling myth. Yeah. So the underlying fact is God created everything, the heavens, okay. the earth, whatever. Yeah. How that happened, do we actually know for sure? Did it actually happen as the text says? Okay. This is open to, to debate. This okay. is open to... There's one other point I want to make. A lot of people talk about the King James Version. I think we, we also need to remember... The King James Version was not the first translation yes. into English. There had been a couple of translations before that. It became the authoritative translation. Yes. But, you know, uh, John Wycliffe, uh, for example, I think it was in the 1300s, yes. uh, did a translation. Later on in the 1500s, William Tyndale. Tyndale. And then yes. only around 1611 yes. or so did the King James Version became the, the authoritative, authoritative English text. Yes. So to think that the King James Version is the English text... Just be careful. There were translations before that. Here, herein lies the question. But as you just explained right now, everyone always holds that it is the closest to the truth. I mean, when you started your conversation yourself, you did cite the King James yeah. as closest there. Well, understanding very well that there was Tyndale and White close and to so who? Close to who? <laughs> well, to every one of to you English who believe. No, no. That's what you guys believe. You that see, you believe it's the closest I think, to I the think truth. I think it's problematic to say, let's have let's say, this is the authoritative book yes. or the, uh, translation. Which you have just right you know, now stated. No, I didn't say it was. I yeah. said it became the authoritative version for a while. It is may- maybe... And what made it then? 
That's, that's, oh. that's what we're trying to get. Okay. How is the people then made it? It was considered at the time with the yes. tools that they had, in yes. the culture that they had, to be the best translation that they had at the time. Based since, on then what? We've, since then, we've had many more translations based on the use of the language, based on the understanding of the, of, of the text, of what the text was trying to convey, based on, for example, the understanding of the culture or their understanding of the biblical culture. You see, I think to say which translation is the best is to ask the wrong question. You know, we, we can't do that. There are a number of translations that what all shine. Well, as most, as many scholars would do, they look at various translations all the time. You see, it's like shining a spotlight on something. If you put the light just on one side, there's a whole side that you miss. Whereas if you've got different versions, different translations, and you've got this light shining from all different angles, they light up the whole thing, and they give you a deeper understanding of everything together. So, so, so let, let, let I would say these translations are not in competition with each other, but the translations... Many of which are in contrast. Listen to what the bishop was saying. I was hoping the bishop was going to jump in right here. Uh, if we're <laughs> going to have other translations that are going to be the gay Bible, the Queen James Version, and so forth, all these other versions that seem to be contradicting the original, or at least the King James, or, or that which was written by Tyndale or Wycliffe, then which one are we going to find? If we're going to have contradictions, Owen was talking about contradictions in scripture. Is it not because of these different oh, no, translations? Just, just, I'll give you a system. Over and above the contradictions, Yes. then you can pick up other translations where deliberately chunks of text have been removed. Have been removed and they are not there totally. You go yes. to the original text, they're there. there. Yes. You come to this modern translation, that text is missing. So we cannot simply say it does not matter. I, 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 would, I would want to pick, pick that with a pinch of salt. Such quality of, 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 of projecting, you, you, you're messing up quite more than you can, you can, can handle. Don't say it does not matter. It matters. Because the question is, what is the intention? I like what he said. The integrity of the translator. Why are you removing this text? The, the, the black book says, the original says, Dead Sea Scrolls qualify. <laughs> LXX has it on. But your, your, your hand is trembling. When you are translating that verse, you don't want it included. The question is why? And it throws us again on this particular case. I will agree fully with the, with the Catholic concept of having an all-inclusive Bible, even the books that the Protestant church is throwing away from. <laughs> yes. Because the question is who agrees as to what must be included and what must be excluded. All right, hold on. I want to bring in the rabbi here because he, he has the Hebrew perspective of it. I'd like to hear from him if there is any of what is being said right now that has a measure of authenticity and truthfulness shortly after this. Facts of Faith on SAFM. Rabbi, you're listening to all these text messages and the bishop and the father here. Breathe on this matter. I think a lot of wonderful things have been said um, from a uh, Hebrew point of view, from a Jewish point of view. The version, or what we've defined as version, is very clear. Uh, there are 24 books of what's called uh, in the world the Old Testament, which we call the Tanakh. Uh, Tanakh stands for the five books of Moses, the books of the prophets, and the books of the writings. Those were sealed as being the word of God. The certain books were excluded, which were debated. It was done by the men of the great assembly, and it was finalized 24 books that would be considered the authoritative, um, divine, toolkit for instruction and guidance for the rest of time. 
if I can give an analogy, a little bit of a playful analogy, that became the box of Lego blocks. And nobody can put in any more Lego blocks, and nobody can take a, uh, a burner and reshape those blocks. Those are the blocks that were given from heaven, and that's what we need to work with. But once we have those, we need to pour out our hearts and we need to pour out our minds and we need to pour out the, our sensitivities to construct as many beautiful constructions out of that Lego, that set of Lego as possible. And all the time that the constructions we make are useful, make a contribution, are caring, are kind, they are valid. And they are not only valid, but they are virtuous and are desirable. And we have it in our tradition that when God gave the Bible to Moses, the original five books, which really contain the rest of the, 20, the 19 other books, which are expansion of the five books, he said this should be a Be'er Hetev. Be'er Hetev means a very good well, W-E-L, as a source of water, but it's also an explanation. And we are told that Moses was asked to write the original in 70 languages which represent all of the languages of humankind. Because the Bible needs to be explained. It needs to be made relevant. Okay. I want to read some text messages, and then we'll give uh, the two gentlemen in the studio to breathe their last also. Uh, one text message reads, The Word is a road to help you walk the right path and reach the understanding of life. It doesn't matter much of it's a bit bent here and there. It still helps us to get there. Okay. Other one says the Zulu version is most correct as it is the language of heaven. <laughs> okay, thank you. Okay. Other says the explain explain Acts seven verse four to five in King James version X uh, and NKJV to be GNB. We have not even started looking at the original Hebrew text as should. Please explain kind regards, Mr. R. A. Maggot from Port Elizabeth. Okay, we don't have the time right now, Mr. Maggot, perhaps on a different program. Another one says, actually, there is no correct Bible. The correct message is revealed in the Quran. Got it. Another one. Okay, we have just lost the room. All right, gentlemen, each a minute. Um, uh, we're going to start with you, Father. Go ahead. If you want to know what the correct translation is for you, look at the ecclesial community that you belong to, which is the book that they're using. Be open to reading different translations. And ultimately, which, which translation leads you to a deeper relationship with God to become a more virtuous person that ensures that the people around you as well are looked after, or that you're generous to them, uh, that you're living a life of faith and virtue? Bishop, from my corner, for the two groups of people here, the academicians and the normal church members or regular church members, for academic purposes, read widely and wildly. Collect as much information as possible on the ecclesiastical terrain, from Judaism to Hebraic literature to Catholicism to Presbyterian. Read everything together. Yes. Stop this myopic, uh, b- bottlenecked sort of study, which only gives you perspective of your own church. Otherwise, you are a, you are a heretic that is brewing on your own corner until you become a David Koresh and you think that your only translations <laughs> are the best that in the world. And, and but for the regular members. I would say your prayer for life and your spirituality will guide you towards your study. 
Got it. All right. We did have Rabbi David, also Rabbi, a qualified medical doctor. We did have uh, Bishop uh, Joshua Poland, cultural activist, writer, fighter of spiritual colonialism, and also Father Russell Pollitt, director of the Jesuit Institute. So all three of you gentlemen, thank you very much for coming through and talking to us. We really appreciate your insights. For me, Nayelu Pondo, and I and the team, have a wonderful day, and Godspeed. It's time now for the news with Kirit Lala.